0: In today's episode, we will be discussing how society controls our views on body image and the extremes people will go to to achieve what society calls, quote, perfect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Who Said You Have To?, where we discuss how society
1: dictates to us who we must be and how we must live our lives. In this podcast, we will also help you find ways to choose the life you want to live with no fear or judgment. My name is Tina
0: Mason, and I am an emotional trauma intuitive and an expert in human communication, as well as how the human mind creates disease in the body. I am also co-owner and co-founder of Free Will Healing, where we strive to create a space for every human to heal emotionally, spiritually, and physically with no fear and no judgment.
1: My name is Laura Schmidt, and I have been a nurse for 17 years. I am also a registered yoga teacher with 500 hours of training. My focus is teaching gentle yoga movements to help those who deal with chronic pain. My true passion, though, is aligning the chakras to create balance and harmony within. I am also co-owner and co-founder of Free Will Healing. So, Laura, what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about body image, what our society has told us is the perfect body. (sighs)
0: <sighs> uh-huh. Well,
1: I'm sure that that was developed by a
0: man. <laughs>
1: Most likely. <laughs> now, we've got some interesting statistics and information for everybody. In
0: 1997, there was a study done, and it said that 56% of women and 43% of men, more than half of women and almost half of men, disliked their appearances as a whole. Dang. That's a lot. It's hard to look in the mirror. 50, that's almost 50% for even men. But it goes up a little bit. That's the
1: ninety-seven,
0: right? Will you tell us? Um, yeah, tell us about twenty-eighteen. Yeah,
1: twenty-eighteen. It was eighty eighty-three percent th- of women and seventy-five percent of men.
0: That is insane. Huge
1: increase. And does is there any kind of like a breakout of like ages? Yeah, I think sixty-six um, percent of uh, people under eighteen and sixty-one percent of people over eighteen have either negative thoughts or very negative thoughts about their body image. Wow. And did you know, also, 85% of women and 79% of girls skip important activities due to body satisfaction. Probably the... Wow. Yeah. I have nothing to wear. Nothing looks good. Yeah, but I've been there. I I have, too. Everything we're talking about today, I've been there. I've been there. (laughs) I remember
0: I was very—I know it's hard to believe—but I was very small-chested until I was a sophomore in high school. I can remember literally stuffing my bra with tissues because I got made fun of so much because I was, like, flat-chested like a boy. Yeah.
1: No, I didn't didn't get that one. I got that other stuff. We'll we'll get into that in a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then, of (laughs) course— I
0: also have the other extreme yes, now. what your so. wish for? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I do know that 70% of girls that have poor views of their bodies, they actually will, they don't want to draw attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. So they will actually stay quiet and not voice their opinions. Yes. And so. Yeah, you don't want to
1: draw attention. You don't want to draw attention. Don't look at me.
0: That is 70% of our young women are not vocalizing their opinion about things because they don't want to draw attention to themselves because they're not what society calls perfect. As time goes by. (laughs) In 2021, approximately 80% of women did not like how they looked and 34% of men were dissatisfied with their bodies. And that's actually way better than it was. Mm -hmm. Because just three years before that, Women, it was 83%. So it actually went down 3%. And men, what the
1: heck happened? Well, the dad bod came famous. What's a dad bod? The dad bod. Where the the chubbier man is what? is socially acceptable. It's called the dad bod. I guess I don't I don't watch enough TV, huh? It's not It's not TV. It's just social media, and I don't watch social media. <laughs> enough, <like.
0: laughs> Got you. Look at what that did for men when society said that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. That is insane, yeah. and it literally went from seventy five percent to more than half. Yeah, just because society said oh no, it's okay. you can look however you want to. that's acceptable.
1: Yeah. For men. Wow. moving not
0: <laughs> oh, very interesting, very, very interesting. Uh,
1: yeah it, the, the biggest thing is that it leads to you know depression, social anxiety, eating disorders, just not liking the way your outward appearance
0: looks. And you know when when we say body image, people think that it's just their weight or yeah. my boobs aren't big enough or my butt's too big or not big enough, but it
1: actually encompasses a lot more, doesn't it, Laura? Oh, yes. Yeah. Just their hair, their nose, if they have freckles, you know, just the body as a whole. Well. I know
0: people who have either thinner hair or they have curly hair or my oldest daughter has very naturally beautiful curly locks and she appreciates them now. Mm-hmm. But when she and she has red hair. So <laughs> when she was a teenager, she hated it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because every the style was straight hair. Mm-hmm. Well, and for men, bald is sexy. God forbid you had a bald woman. Oh, that's not sexy. Well, a bald woman would be expected to... She must be sick. She must, Well, she uh, would be expected to wear a wig. Yeah. Because she could not possibly yeah. be attractive. But that came out with the whole bald is sexy, you know? Well, yeah, because the whole having snaps surgically put in your head no. so that you could snap on your toupee became a big mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. So, Laura, let's clarify what some of these disorders that can be
1: created are what is body dissatisfaction it's a general unhappiness with your body or its parts (laughs) yeah we all have that one body part that we're not too happy with just we're a majority just one i'm gonna keep it simple
0: (laughs) So as we're reading through these, I feel like it would be beneficial for each of you to listen to these and see if you identify with any of Mm -hmm. these so that you can maybe do a little bit of research on them or contact us. And we'd be more than happy to help you with what we do know, help you to just get past the societal bullshit
1: yes yeah so laura what is what does it mean when you over your weight and shape so basing who you are as a person almost entirely on what you look like or what the number on the scale tells you well yeah because we all know that that chart that the doctor mm-hmm. has it
0: says if you are this tall you should weigh this amount <laughs> truly honestly most people if they went by that scale would look so sickly. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I think that mine is like 130 or something like that. <laughs> I carry that in my bra. <laughs> yeah, we won't. we won't get into numbers. But it's just, I, it's a number. I, I just think that it's absolutely insane. And I also read a diet, well, a lifestyle change Coach, And she said one of the biggest missteps that people make when they are trying to lose weight is weighing themselves. Yeah. I only do that if I spent a lot of time on the potty and just morbid curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> There's also another thing called body preoccupation. That is when you obsessively think about your body weight and what it looks
1: like. And I've done that. Oh,
0: my goodness. I think. I've done
1: that. Well, Raise we were my teenage here. girls. Uh, even as an adult, as I'm sitting down, I'm thinking, oh, somebody's looking at my muffin top hanging over. Like, how do I adjust myself so that's not popping out there? You know, I I relate to that in pictures.
0: Mm. Like,
1: mm-hmm. But we'll get into
0: pictures. <laughs> Laura found out uh, some very interesting statistics on taking pictures mm-hmm. uh, and having body image issues. The next one is funny because it's called, uh, it is body checking. And to me, body checking is, you know, when you're walking down a hallway, you know, your rival is walking the other way and like you're coming (laughs) towards each other and they like bump your shoulder. I thought that's was body, body checking. I thought that was body not checking. Not in the,
1: not in this. Uh, so it is body checking. That's repeatedly checking your weight and shape through behaviors like self weighing, again, staring in the mirror, comparing yourself with others, or pinching your body part to assess for fat or muscle. <laughs> like that commercial, remember back in the day, the K, K cereal? It's like if you pinch more than an inch, that one <gasps> effed me up for life, man. I totally I forgot would, about that. Mostly I would pinch more than an inch and that really, really messed with my head. That is insane. I heard that as a little kid.
0: Let's try, we'll try and find that commercial and put it in the show notes so that you can see how ridiculous, Mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous it is. And that that's like zero body fat. Zero. Yeah. Unpossi- well, not well, impossible to attain. But well, in that that more than an inch. I mean, I think I probably have more than an inch of just skin. Shame on whoever made that one. I had to grow a thick skin
1: because of my life. <laughs> and now you're going to shame me you for shame it. Me for growing a thick skin. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got body image avoidance. What is that? You're avoiding situations that can elicit concerns about your body, like a refusal to be weighed, wearing baggy clothes, or covering up in front of mirrors. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of going to the doctor. Every time you go to the
0: doctor, what's what's the first thing? You have to be weighed. (gasps) I always, I always
1: take my shoes off. And it doesn't we, matter. As a nurse, I could tell you it's like a couple of ounces.
0: I know, but <laughs> it makes me feel better. And I always ask them to take thirty pounds off for my clothing. Thirty?
1: <laughs> well, go bigger. You're gonna say for your boobs? <laughs> <laughs> go bigger, go home. <laughs> These are attachments. They shouldn't be counted. <laughs> oh
0: goodness! What? Well, which leads us into fear of uh, weight gain. Because, you know, every time I go to the doctor too, very first thing I do is I ask, I'm like, is that like, did I gain or lose weight mm-hmm. since the last time I was, here. I was here?
1: Yeah. And then just feeling fat, which is it's called a somatic sensation that you're carrying more fat than what you actually hold in reality. That's a big one for me, too. And that's something that plays in with like
0: uh, anorexia mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, because anorexia, you when you look in the mirror, I've you never always see fat. I've, I've never had this problem because I've don't know that I was ever thin. <laughs> um, yeah, you look in the mirror and even if you weigh 90 pounds, mm-hmm. you feel like you weigh 200. Yeah, pounds. I
1: was guilty of this one. I would, I'll look back at pictures and I was like, wow, I was quite a bit thinner and not. But at that time, I thought I was fat. Me mm-hmm. as well. But
0: I think that was also societal because whatever our shape was at that time did not
1: fit in with what society said was, quote, perfect. Yeah, we'll get into that one over the years. How that's changed, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the next one on the list is body dysmorphia. Do you want to say what that is?
0: Body dysmorphia, the definition of it is a body image disorder characterized by the obsessive idea that some aspects of one's own body part is profoundly flawed and hence warrants behaviors designed to hide or fix these perceived flaws.
1: This one I think would be like, you know, the I see teens that are like covering their face and I know a lot of time it's it's their persona at the time, but a lot of time it's just to cover an imperfection. Uh, uh, what they feel is a big nose. One of one
0: of my girls had a friend who would cover her mouth whenever she would speak because she was embarrassed about her teeth. Mm-hmm. I, had, I saw her teeth and they were actually fine. They yeah. were nothing. In her, in her eyes. They but were. in her eyes, it was, you know, she felt like in her eyes she had horse teeth. I never saw it, but I absolutely understand it. And I, And she actually was my daughter, who was her friend, just recently talked to her. And she actually said to her, she said, I just wanted to tell you, thank you. For never asking me why I do that, hmm. and my daughter said, "Well, it was none, none of, my, of business. my business." Yeah. So then we also have muscle dysmorphia, oh. and this is a body image disorder that basically you feel like you don't have enough muscles and i'm going to assume that this is probably a man like more male probably more male but but like you're not muscular enough mm -hmm. also you have like this just major drive to be muscular to have
1: that muscle definition
0: right and and that again and that's a societal thing i know a lot of women that don't like Mm muscling men
1: yeah
0: i myself personally i mean I like a little meat on the bones, you know, but, but I'm not like bodybuilders and stuff. I don't find that attractive <laughs> at yeah. all.
1: Yeah. And everybody's eyes were all different.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So. And Laura, how do people develop these oh. body image issues? Sheesh. Is there any question to that? <laughs> Society. Oh, goodness. Let's run through a little bit of the, just the history of it. Yeah.
1: Uh, the, what, call, quote, ideal woman is. Mm, The societal (laughs) ideal woman, yes. So back in the day, I would have been perfect in the eyes of society (laughs) because it's the more curvier, rounder look, you know, back in ancient Greece and the Italian Renaissance, you know. Right. That was actually the symbol of having a status of being wealthy. Well, back yeah, because you, you could eat. You could afford food. <laughs> you weren't on just potatoes. There yeah. you go. You could
0: actually afford food. We decided to go back about 100 years. So back in the 1920s is when the androgynous, the super slim look, um, started, which was
1: actually like a boyish silhouette. Yeah. I mean, did you know that some of the women would bandage down their breasts to look that? to have that boyish looking figure just to have that flat chested well because it was the style of the clothing back then they were trying to fit into what clothes were you know that style back in the 20s well let me just i'm just gonna throw this out there throw it
0: until i was a sophomore in high school Mm -hmm. dude i would have been like the
1: perfect i would have been the pinup girl (laughs) for flat chested i'm just saying yeah, they had that, you know, they'd have that bobbed haircut and they were starting to look more masculine. I wonder if it was women trying to become equal to men. Like, don't look at me because of my boobs and my curvy hourglass figure. Well, look at and, me And think about that. I mean, the
0: 19th, the roaring 20s mm-hmm. is like women started to vote and the big bra burning, you know, mm-hmm. situation and get that out of the corsets. Well, and that could have absolutely have been a period of time of, like, women fighting back and saying, no, I'm going to be me. I can look like you. And then just... 10 years later.
1: What happened? Laura? Like men were like, mm, yeah, we're not liking y'all looking uh, normal. You know what's interesting
0: as I'm thinking about this cuz I believe that wasn't it the 1930s was when the great depression and marriage rate right, this is from our marriage and children mm-hmm. dropped down to 22%. So was it really that they couldn't afford it or was this their hold out <laughs> to try and make women change yeah. their shape? Well, they needed women that looked like they could bear children. Mm. They needed those hips. The hourglass figure. That means you can have children. And this is what (laughs) they called the Hollywood era. Yeah. Uh, And that was like the 1930s to the 1950s. And this was like the peak of the hourglass figure, which, again... This would have worked for me almost, <laughs> but that was the big breasts and the slim waist, and you know, like Marilyn Monroe, she pretty much like she was every guy's fantasy, and she yeah. pretty much killed the whole boyish look thing <laughs> for sure. Very and voluptuous. the long hair mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, she proved that women could be
1: sexy with short hair. Mm-hmm. None of them looked comfortable though. When I look back on movies in that day, and their waist was cinched to, mm-hmm. and you know, accentuate the curves. And the very pointy bras, like they went from being flat chested, you know, Bond <laughs> wrapping them up to like, let's make them real pointy. When was the first Bond movie? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know. Probably 30s,
0: 40s. You know, Bond women were always very stylish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They were always what a
1: lot of women strived for. Well, yeah, because it was always that woman coming out in the bikini out of the water or something like right. that. Right, Laura. What happened in the What happened in the sixties? Sixties, yeah. Popular culture in Hollywood brought back the thin petite figure, <laughs> where women with lex- less accentuated curves and thin, delicate bodies with long legs were beautiful right and then and that was was that like the twiggy era, Twig, Twiggy yeah. era i think
0: well and i also you remember know, you have to think this is the 60s and 70s is going to be your flower power time mm-hmm. where it was all free love and i think everybody was so stoned they didn't really care what people looked like <laughs> <laughs> or They're what they were got wearing long legs <laughs> Is that the acid or is that her actual legs? <laughs> <laughs> and then we come to you when I grew
1: up in the 80s. Yeah, and the Cindy Crawford and, and uh, well, Christy Brinkley. Mm-hmm. She was my idol. I thought you were going to say Cindy Lauper. No, no. I liked her though. Oh, she's gorgeous. But no, I, I remember looking at Christy Brinkley and going, that is what I want to look like. That's who I want to be. That's yeah. who I want to I don't. I mean, that's what I learned as a kid. Now I'm like, why do I want to have that look? But I thought she was beautiful. But I mean, that's what was in my face. But tell me this, up until
0: maybe the last few years, when were you ever told that you (laughs) should just be you, that you're beautiful exactly as you are? Never. I had to tell myself that. Well, this is all pre-Lance, of course. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I know that Lance
1: (laughs) thinks that you're beautiful exactly as you are. Yes. But he's like, a keeper. He's a keeper. But uh, doesn't really matter what he thinks. <laughs> I love myself, and that's what is very, very important. But yes, I appreciate that he's not the societal judgmental. I'll be like, hey, you've gained some weight. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, uh, front door's over there. <laughs> he knows that.
0: Too. I feel like I feel like you'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna lose some right now. How much do you weigh? <laughs> Walk out the door. Nah. <laughs> we love you Lance but the 80s was like the fitness craze you know that was like the Jane Fonda workout tapes Uh and you know
1: all of that that time period of leg warmers and yeah I remember watching my mom in this time and she was all about it she would go into jazzercise and I can't imagine Lele jazzercising with leg warmers Lele jazzercise at a church gym so (gasps) Lele you go girl But I have to say, and not her fault, I'm sure she grew up seeing it as well, the constant diet, yo-yo dieting. I watched that my whole life. Yeah. And
0: this, the 80s, is also when the spike in anorexia happened. Mm-hmm. And the experts thought that it was just like the result of that exercise craze, yeah. you know, that, that rage of exercise, exercise. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and the diet pills. That's when the diet pills Yeah, I don't were. know if she ever did
1: pills, but I know she, she did. She she attached those uh, diet fads and back in the 80s. were. Uh, our information was not was not good.
0: <laughs> Lele, you're beautiful, exactly She's, as you was are.
1: Always beautiful. I mean, as a kid, I never thought she was fat or, or out of shape. She was just my mom. She was gorgeous. But that is when diet pills. I think the '80s is about the time frame that diet mm, pills started fin becoming. Fin. Oh yeah, fenfen, <laughs> which caused a lot Heart of issues, medical yeah. issues. But little do people know that some of those ingredients are still in diet pills. Some of the ingredients are still in pills. When I worked at the surgical center, if people were taking specific pills, they would not do the surgery because it affected their heart rate during surgery.
0: Wow. Well, and then we came into the 90s and we kind of went back into that androgynous phase, again, you know, the the frail appearance and models like Kate Moss and the grunge hobo chic, because mm-hmm. this is also when you got Kurt Cobain going on here. Yeah. I think a lot of people took the grunge a little too far with not bathing. And it was almost. <laughs> but again, like since we've started doing this podcast, something that we have seen repeatedly is patterns over the years, every 10 to 20 years, they flip
1: flop so because you yeah. had You know, 60s and 70s. Although we haven't gone back to the early Egyptian uh, Italian Renaissance time when curvy women were. (laughs)
0: Let's bring that one back around. The the rounder (laughs) woman. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one better. (laughs) But, you know, we had like in the the 60s and 70s, you had the flower child like – don't bathe, do what's good for the environment Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then we went back into that with the grunge style in the 90s. Then you hit the
1: 2000s. It was more. It's a very unrealistic beauty expectation.
0: Well, and it, well, in the 2000s, it was like, you know what? That's all just a lot. And I don't really want to sweat. And I don't really want to do any of that. So, How can I achieve that without? How can I achieve <laughs> that without that? And on top of that, not only can I, how can I achieve that without that, what if my body just won't do that? Yeah. No matter how much I eat or don't eat. Mm-hmm. So a whole new craze started in the 2000s. Yeah. What was that, Laura? Surgery.
1: Plastic surgery. We, we see that every day with a lot of reality TV. TV stars. People are like, I want that. I'm like, well, that's not natural. What uh, infuriates me a lot is, you know, men sometimes saying, or even women, that woman is perfect. You know, look at her, she's 60 years old and look at her perfect figure. I'm like, do you realize that is thousands of dollars in surgery? Probably tens uh, of. uh, Yes. You know, I'm held to that expectation that look at you, you're 48 and you've got wrinkles and (gasps) this and that. Wrinkles! uh, But look at her, she's 60. I'm like, well... (laughs) Yeah, but she's had her face realigned
0: and stretched. stretched. And did you know that between 1997 and 2015, that cosmetic surgery increased by
1: 538%. 538? 538% for women and
0: 325% for men. Mm -hmm. You know, that's things like Breast enhancement, tummy tucks, breast lift, eyelid surgery, liposuction, nose surgery. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Facelift. Did you know that one in 50,000 surgeries results in death? Wow. You you run that risk
1: of infection, blood clots.
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, that uh, rounds out to about 100 per year. 100 people per year die because... Society has told them this is what you must be. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that that's every case because there are some people who have cosmetic surgery for themselves because they themselves personally feel like I need to change this. Like I don't like this about myself Mm -hmm. and it's for them. But that is so rare.
1: Yeah, mostly it's.
0: Wanting to to fit in, like we were talking about with our other podcast. As I'm, you know, going along the same lines as it's not cosmetic surgery, but bariatric surgery, you know, weight loss surgery. I was really surprised at the statistics on that at the one year mark.
1: Yeah, the one year case fatality rate is approximately 1%, but it, it goes up after a few years. That is insane. At five years, it's 6%. Yeah. So the longer you
0: live after the surgery, the more the chance of dying. hmm And at 10 years, what is it at 10 years? 10 years goes up to 8.8%. almost 9%. So we're right at, at 10 years, 10%. And a lot of times,
1: unfortunately, that surgery, just you revert back. It, it
0: doesn't work. Well, and, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, they'll say well, a lot of experts say, well, it's their lifestyle or whatever, however they're living or maybe they're obese or they have now have diabetes or they're at risk of stroke or heart attack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Their mortality rate would be happening anyway. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. like that would that that it, the, it would probably worth, die within that time frame. It's yeah. worth the risk. Mm-hmm. I happen to know for a fact most people gain weight due to emotional issues.
1: Yeah, well, not to make light of it, but we got, you know, Austin Powers, fat bastard. You know, his line is, I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm unhappy because I eat. I'm guilty of that emotional eating. Sometimes it just feels so good to have that comfort food when you're feeling lonely or unappreciated or you just want some love from some mac and cheese or something, you know. And I'm
0: wondering in the bariatrics, please know, I am in no way, shape or form shaming or guilting anybody who has any one of these surgeries. It's their personal choice. Because I myself have personally thought about wrinkles Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I am guilty of lots of different creams and, you know, other stuff Mm -hmm. to try and alleviate. Minimize. And if I had the money, I probably would do
1: a facelift or something.
0: I would want to, (laughs) but I would think that probably you and Terry wouldn't allow it. You you both, after being in the operating room for so long, both of you be like, "Mm, yeah, no, we're not going to do that.
1: I love you just the way you are that's what i think to myself
0: i'm not guilting or shaming anybody because i feel like everybody has a right to choose their path on this earth Mm -hmm. with no judgment but that being said when we go to the bariatric surgery for me i feel like part of that process of whatever they have to go through to go to that surgery are they addressing the emotional issues that have created the eating issue?
1: Well, they do have to go to counseling before they do get bariatric surgery. I don't know what exactly they address, but I know they have to go to counseling before.
0: Because I know that for myself, anytime I have wanted to lose weight or people that I know, who have wanted to lose weight when they go to the doctor and say hey you know I'm trying I would really like to do that or the the doctor says you're obese or the doctor says hey you know you need to lose weight they always want to do like the nutrition counseling Mm -hmm. which is wonderful Mm -hmm. but what if the nutrition counseling doesn't work
1: yeah I mean and that's not the driving force of why they've gained weight or why exactly. they're not losing
0: and you know back in the day before internet and all the other stuff and when it was you know back in the 80s sugar foods and everything was uh sugar cereal and yeah, you processed know, i get that but i would say 99.9 percent of at least americans know how to eat the issue isn't how to eat the issue is the emotional trauma that they're trying to fulfill with
1: food mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Some people do food, other people do drugs Other mm-hmm. people, Alcohol. you know, get obsessive with, uh, you know, working out it's, Everybody has their coping mechanisms to try to match what society wants us to do yeah. I remember I, I was thin my whole life I moved to South America and I was eating my emotions mm. And I gained quite a bit of weight And people there, you walk everywhere on the street pretty much And people there, people I did not even know Just walking on the street and they would yell at me fatty Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i remember like just saying fuck off what does it matter to you Mm -hmm. but i know subconsciously it got driven in there i remember you know people tell me you're gonna die of a heart attack because you're you've gained weight and you're gonna have cholesterol mind you i was 13 14 years old and i grew up my whole life just fearing for my life not so much i'm overweight and my clothes don't fit me pretty it's more of like i'm gonna die
0: yeah because you were told so many times mm-hmm. that you're gonna
1: have a heart attack, you're gonna be diabetic, you're gonna be this, and I wasn't like obese by any means. I was I was a little chubette, you know, <laughs> and it, it bothers me to today. I mean, you know how I obsessed I am with like healthy eating, and mm-hmm. um, I try not to obsess over it. I just try to be healthy, make healthy choices. But it's still in the back of my mind, like, okay, is this one good for my heart or bad for my heart? Is this one going to cause future diabetes or or not? So it's very funny because whenever
0: I have Laura uh, and her family come over to my house for dinner, she usually brings a salad because she knows that I don't keep lettuce in my house. (laughs) Yeah. Laura and I eat very differently. Yes. Very, very differently. The interesting thing to me is with all of this information that we have talked about so far today, and we're looking at how how things like cycle and cycle and cycle, Uh right? With all of the empowerment of women and rights, us stepping forward and seeing ourselves as beautiful exactly as we are, Uh right? All of the progress that we have made, when I read this to you, I have no doubt that as a matter of fact, just maybe hand me your phone so you don't throw anything. (laughs) So a treadmill, I guess it's a magazine, they did a survey Last year in 2021, mm-hmm. and they polled 1,000 Americans, and they asked them what they thought the ideal body type for a female was. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what is it. <laughs> five five foot five. I'm weigh, good there. Weighing 130 pounds, mm, fail with a 26 inch waist. Eey, how how big is that? Is, 20, that? is that like the
1: Barbie figure?
0: yeah well it doesn't say anything about breast size but yeah the 26 inch waist that's insane if you've had a child unless genetically you're just blessed you're just tiny if you have had a child there's no way you're gonna have a 26 inch waist (laughs) because your body just doesn't its just it's just not like that anymore Mm
1: I fear for my daughter. I'm praying things change and I, I try to teach her. If you see me making different food choices or not picking this food or doing that, I was like, I want you to know that I'm doing it for my health. I want to live a long time and I don't want to develop diabetes or high cholesterol, etc. Not because I don't think I'm beautiful.
0: Laura did most of the research for this episode and I was extremely shocked about, but as I thought about it, I was really surprised but then, thinking about it, I and Laura and I were talking about it. I realized that it makes perfect sense to me, and that is the next topic. Yeah, that it's just we're, something we don't really think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the next. Our next topic is going to be the LGBTQ uh, community mm-hmm. and how the societal body image affects them. Yeah, believe it or not, anorexia and bulimia rates are four times higher in the LGBTQ community than they are in the cisgender people and what what is what's considered cisgender i had to look that up okay because i didn't know what that meant cisgender means denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender corresponds with their birth sex so someone like myself like i'm female and i identify as female female. so i would be a cisgender Cisgender.
1: so their rates are four times higher yeah and i thought our rates were high I, You know, my 12-year-old daughter knows girls that are anorexic because Mm. their coaches tell them they're too fat and they need to lose weight. That is horrible. Yeah, I don't think I even knew what that was. um, In my later teens, I I knew what they were. But at her age, I did not. Very interesting looking back. Calling people fat back when I was a kid was like that was a
0: thing. Mm -hmm. But... I was so, I was very, very thin. I can remember somebody, this boy, just hateful boy. I remember him one day calling me fat. He's like, you're fat and you're ugly. And I remember sitting there thinking, huh? <laughs> but that was like his go-to. And I mean, I was like anorexic then because yeah. I didn't have food. That shows that it was such a go-to insult for a girl yeah. that even though I was waifish thin, He automatically said, "You're
1: fat and you're ugly," because that's what you—that's what would be because that's what you tell girls to hurt their feelings. (laughs) You want to hear this one? I was told multiple times in Argentina, "You are so pretty. If you lost weight, you'd be (gasps) fabulous. You'd be gorgeous."
0: How many bodies did you have to bury? (laughs) (laughs) What happens in
1: Argentina stays Stays in in Argentina. Argentina. Why do you think I fled the country? I'm just kidding. They are quite uh, vocal, and everybody's very obsessed with fitness. Uh, So it's not just the United States. So going
0: on with the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. community is twice as likely to experience disordered eating
1: than cisgender people. Wow. They want to be accepted with their identity. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, they have the social demands of meeting what that identity should look like. Wow. That's...
0: What is the most common way that the LGBTQ community tries to change their body?
1: The attempts to change their body is via diet and exercise. It's 88% of any transgender person. And you know that that means fad diets, Mm -hmm. extreme exercise. Or just constantly obsessed with exercise. Yeah, and
0: 46% of the LGBTQ community is always always trying to lose weight mm-hmm. because if they already have such a hard time being fit, accepted, being accepted mm-hmm. and fitting into what they see as a society accepting them mm-hmm. that they constantly are trying to change themselves mm-hmm. even more so that society will accept them. Anybody, whether you're Part of the LGBTQ community or if you are straight or if you are white, black, purple, male, female, you are beautiful exactly as you are. Mm -hmm. You are amazing. You are loved exactly as you are. Haven't we let society tell us enough what we must be? Because here's the thing, I would much rather have a friend who is what society would call overweight or obese, that was a good human, than somebody who is perfectly put together and five, five, 130 <laughs> 30. pounds and 26 inch waist, who's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But wait till you hear this next statistic. This is very sad. So mm-hmm. 0% of transgender people feel positive about their body. 0%.
0: Mm-hmm. And it also says that 23% of them feel very negative all the time about their body image. All the time. For cisgender, that's 12%.
1: Wow. So literally, For all the time thinking, literally maybe. half. Mm-hmm. That is insane to me. Yeah. See, and you know, I always thought because I've seen like these, you know, drag shows, and and these women are all very voluptuous, they're and beautiful. they're very, yeah, they are. They're gorgeous, and they're very comfortable in their body. So it, it never occurred to me to think that they still had these societal issues because I'd see them up there on stage being fabulous, and I'm like. That is awesome because. But when they take off the makeup and the padding and everything else, that's how
0: they feel inside. Mm -hmm. But their body doesn't respond, doesn't look like how they feel inside. I used to watch RuPaul's Drag Race with my girls. I was so just petty jealous. Of so many of them, they're just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can a man in a dress look so much better in a dress than I do? (laughs) And it just. They have some style. They do, Mm -hmm. because. In my opinion. Well, because the bottom line is this because it had nothing to do with the dress, Mm -hmm. it had everything to do with the. The energy, how they they portrayed themselves. The human inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, their confidence. We could learn a lot from that. You know, that kind of brings us into our next topic a little bit of whenever we're going to take a selfie or take a picture, Mm -hmm. and Laura is like the queen of wanting to take pictures of us when we're doing new (laughs) things, but we found some, or Laura found some really crazy statistics of Mm -hmm. things I didn't know about body
1: image and taking selfies. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's even websites I've seen like, how to pose so you don't look fat. Kids are seeing this stuff. So Google states that on its Android devices... We're not going to include other devices, just so Android. It's not, even, not even iPhone. Not even all of them. Just their Android devices. There are ninety-three million selfies taken every single day. Ninety. Three I don't know how that works nine. out mathematically, but. Lots of selfies. So in Toronto,
0: they did a study of 113 undergraduate females. Mm -hmm. They split them into two groups. And they had one group who they were going to take selfies and they could retouch them. They could use their
1: filters. Yeah, they
0: could do whatever Mm -hmm. they wanted. And then they had another group that just had to post them just the way they came out. And And they showed that there was a huge anxiety spike and the girls who weren't
1: allowed to retouch their photos. Oh my gosh, yeah. Comparing themselves with the others. I, I mean, just to post a picture. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. Don't get me wrong, some of the filters are fun. You can do different faces, but those ones that you're touching up and then you look, I mean, you basically come out looking like somebody different. I've seen some girls or even men, you know, with their touched up selfies, and I'm like, that doesn't even look like you. The depression rate. Also, Ugh. the well, depression
0: rate rose as well. And not only that, the confidence level, it was like everything hinged on being able to alter that picture so that they could get rid of what they saw as their flaws. And these
1: are young girls. These are babies. They're just just babies. That are, I mean, like we said, we're all beautiful and all perfect in God's eyes, right? Uh, These are young girls needing, getting depressed and anxious because they can't look, you know yeah ideal. this and but this I found interesting.
0: So it also said that both groups, though, felt less attractive and less satisfied with their body size after posting photos that were untouched.
1: Oh, yeah, because
0: if you look at the ones that are touched up, you think you look great. And the um the, you know, when they were charting them, mm-hmm. all of them, the rate of feeling unattractive and dissatisfied with their body, Dramatically rose Wow That is very sad Just to be able to but, but think about I mean we're a society Of if it doesn't If I don't like the way it looks I go and have it cut off Or added to Or whatever So if
1: Yeah you, back in the day When we had to take our little photos To Fox Fox print <laughs> And you got what you got <laughs> You or, could have wasted The whole little 24 slide on <laughs> Or
0: the Or the uh, Polaroid Yeah Or you had to sit there And wave shake it Shake it out Shake mm-hmm. it And it came out And you're like Oh uh, but but it was I, so I never, expensive. Yeah, the, yeah, the film yeah. was so expensive.
1: You know, my mom would be like,
0: "Nope, you just get one."
1: <laughs> so, Laura, I can't I can't imagine if if kids nowadays had to go back to our method. I think there would be a lot of mental. I mean, even being able to touch up their photos yeah. is giving them depression and anxiety. Imagine not knowing what your photo looks like until it gets developed. Yeah, like and sometimes weeks later, yeah, like weeks later. Or and sometimes the flash wasn't even working, so all your pictures <laughs> <laughs> or school photos.
0: Oy, oh yeah, because because you literally wouldn't know like what that until looked like until until it came back.
1: And by that time, it's already in the yearbook. Yeah, it's already in the yearbook. <laughs> even it, now, they send out the prints so you can approve them or not and do retakes. I'm like, no, nope. we were like, she.
0: <laughs> wow. So. There is actually another danger in selfies. Mm -hmm. And Laura, you want to tell us what that
1: statistic you found was? Yes. Very depressing. Uh, 250 people, 259 people died in pursuit of that perfect picture between uh, 2011 and 2017. Wow. People died trying to find the perfect picture. 259 people
0: Trying mm-hmm. to just impress society. Yeah. 259 <laughs> people. And how many times does somebody wreck their car because they're taking a selfie oh, or hit somebody because and they're... I've heard of falling off
1: cliffs oh, and yeah. all kinds of just trying to get that perfect selfie and to be able to post on social media. Rough. You know, and the danger is, I mean, it's sort of comical, but it's like I've seen a post that says, you know... Uh, If you went missing, nobody would be able to identify you with your photos because they're so touched up. (laughs) (laughs) And in some of them, it's true. Today, we have a very lovely guest, my beautiful daughter, Emma. Emma! And we thought we'd bring her in as a 12-year-old to see what's going on in, in their world regarding this aspect. Hello, Emma. Hi. Hi, Emma, a.k.a. my daughter,
0: Emma is 12 and she is phenomenal. Emma, what do you like
2: to do in your free time? I love to do musical theater. Ooh, what's the, your most recent one that you've done? Um, right now, I just auditioned for Lion King, but my most recent one is Beauty and the Beast. I heard you got a call back
0: on. Lion King, what was it for?
2: Um, one of the characters was Nala. <gasps> Nala. Nala, one of my
0: favorites. That is awesome. So today, we are talking about body image issues. Do you know what that means? Yes. Tell me what you think that means.
2: I think it means where people don't like how they look and mm-hmm. that they would just want to change their self to make themselves prettier, skinnier.
0: Yeah. Have you ever wanted to change yourself?
2: When I was younger, yes, I did. Yeah?
0: How come? What did you think was wrong with you when you were younger? And, I, when, you, and when you say younger, like, are we talking, I mean, you're 12 <laughs> now. I'm just curious. I mean, like. Way we, back
2: when. I'm just curious. I mean, like, are we talking, like, infancy? Are we talking 10, 11? Um, probably, like, 9 and 10. Okay. So tell me why. Because um, my brother would tease me, like, as a joke. He would tell me I was uh, chubby and I was eating too much. So I thought, I'm going to change myself and not eat too much.
0: Did you, when you looked in the mirror, did you think you were chubby? Yes. Yeah? Did you think you were chubby before he said it or after he said it?
2: Um... Before he said it.
0: So you already were kind of feeling that way? Yeah. And how did you handle that? Like, did you go talk to your mom, or did you just kind of internalize it within you and just, like, you looked in the mirror and you're like, oh, I'm chubby, I need to change the way I eat?
2: Probably looked in the mirror and, like, say, hey, I should stop eating that much. Yeah? How come you didn't go and talk to mom? Um, it's not that I didn't want to tell her. It's just that I just didn't do it. Yeah? Did you, Were you, like, embarrassed about it? Um, no, I wasn't embarrassed. I just, just didn't tell her, I guess. Yeah. I know
0: that you are homeschooled, and so you don't deal a lot with, like, public school and things like that, where a lot of the body image issues kind of get, you know, magnified because of bullying and teasing and stuff like that. But you do go to theater every day, and you spend a lot of time with kids your age and some kids older, some kids younger. Yeah. And it's almost like a a theater arts school, if you will. Yeah. I look at you and I see this just absolutely beautiful inside and out young lady. And, you know, you have such a kind, loving heart and such a strong spirit. And you are very talented. So, obviously, that helps. Thanks. Uh, You're (laughs) welcome. It's very unusual that at, you know, 12 years old that you don't have these body image issues. And I think that's absolutely amazing. You are such a sweet, kind, loving human. I know that you have lots of friends. And when you're talking to your friends and everything, other girls that are your age, do you notice that they are maybe a lot more obsessed about their appearance than you are?
2: I have had a friend that had anorexia, and she wanted to change the way she looked. She like she thought she was overweight? Yes, she thought she was too fat to do anything. Do you know where that came from for her? How it started was she was in a sport, and her coaches would criticize the way she looks, that she needed to change herself to be skinnier.
0: The coaches of the sport
2: she was in would tell her that she was overweight? Yes.
0: Wow. What do you think
2: about that? I think it's very wrong that people would do that to such a young person. Especially
0: Um, an adult. What do you think your mom would do if somebody said to you that you needed to lose weight?
2: I don't think we really want to talk about that. What does that mean? Are you trying to
1: say? (laughs) I get a lot from Emma. She's like, Mom, please don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I think that your mom would hurt someone, wouldn't they? Yeah. I absolutely just think that you're an amazing human. I know that, number one, I'm proud of you for coming on and talking about this because this is a difficult subject for someone your age, and I appreciate you sharing about your friend, and I know that you and your mom have talked about this friend so that you guys can get her some help. If there was a 12-year-old little girl who was sitting with us here today, and she said, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly nobody likes me. What would you say to her?
2: I would say you're beautiful the exact way you are inside and out, and you don't need to worry about the way you look. You are beautiful just the way you are. That is awesome.
0: Emma, thank you so much for having the courage to come here and record with your mom and I. You are just such a phenomenal human. I am 100% blessed to know you.
2: Why, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, baby. Thanks.
0: What I hope everybody takes from today's episode is society has been controlling what is acceptable for us to look like for years, forever, it seems. We have spent so much time trying to fit in to what society says that we must be, and instead of just becoming... The person that we want to be and finding the beauty within ourselves i say let's encourage each other when you see somebody out on the street tell them how beautiful they are tell them i love your shirt or whatever it is that catches your eye tell them tell yourself when you look in the mirror instead of looking for the flaws Look at what's beautiful because I promise you, if you take away the societal filter of how you see yourself, you're going to see the beauty and you are loved exactly
1: as you are. And my hopes are back to that famous saying, you are what you eat. Well, you are not what you eat. You are what you think. Yes. So (laughs) you are beautiful. Say that to yourself every day because somebody can't accept your body image. Ah, beautiful. No matter what they say, let's let go of body size to judge who we are. Don't be afraid to buy that extra large shirt (laughs) Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that fits your need. Stop judging yourself for the way you look. Maybe we should start being more focused on the size of our
0: heart instead of the size of our waist. Mm -hmm. Do what you need to do to make yourself happy. We love you just as you are.
1: Peace. Tina and I know the things discussed today are not what society has taught us to believe, but I choose to believe in my own ability to see what is truth and what is not truth.
0: I challenge you to join us in believing your own ability to find your truth, not what society has dictated you must believe to be accepted or
1: loved. The truth is you are loved exactly as you are, right here, right now. No human is more vital than another. You matter.
0: And you have the free will to walk your own path with no fear and no judgment. So, Laura, do you want to tell these wonderful people how they
1: can help us keep the lights on and keep this show coming? Of course. Please visit our show notes, and there's a link to our Patreon account there. If you have suggestions for topics that you would like us to cover, or you have a question, please feel free to contact us via email at who said you have to at gmail.com. If you would like to know more about free will healing, Tina or me visit our website at www.freewillhealing.com.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. Reviews are how we grow our listenership and allow everyone the courage to think for themselves with no fear or judgment.
1: Please check the show notes for all of our Who Said You Have To social media links on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you can follow or subscribe to get updates for any upcoming events or personal appearances near you. Laura and I encourage you to have faith in yourself.
0: And remember, who said you have to?